Salutations and greetings. Welcome to it. This is when Highbury was home. A loud boot podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. A very disappointed Arsenal fan, if I could say today. Having taken some time to decompress the game and most importantly get the energies back aligned because that disappointment was heavy, you know. It was heavy for us on a on a level that is maybe more telling than than the result is, you know. The result is one thing, it's the performance that's another thing. How we looked about ourselves on the field and just the energy we gave out, right? It just it wasn't it wasn't in concurrent with what we've been doing, you know? And that word consistency comes back into play. Because the reality is that as much as you would like to teach an old dog new tricks, in the first couple of weeks, the dog will maybe be receptive to the new tricks because it's something new and something unfamiliar. Yet over time, once the, the dog realizes the gravity of the situation and what they have to learn, it's like I'd rather re- revert to type, you know? And that's what we're seeing now. That's what Mikael is having to experience now. It's a lot of these mandem, they've shown us who they are, and we ought to believe it, you know? It's real. We can use any of these adages, you know. These old habits are going to take a while to die out, if they will ever die out at all. So it's about rooting them out of the squad now. There's no way coming from a Manchester United win that you go away, or you're at home rather than the Europa League. You win convincingly. Having made nine changes from the Man United game, you come back and make another nine changes to that squad, basically. And then that's the performance. There's no way. We can't accept it anymore as a fan base. It's disappointing to realize that our tactical outlook is so bleak as an Arsenal team that we pride ourselves on being innovators tactically in what we do from from even one nil to the Arsenal and even Chapman, you know, with the W formation, there's always been some ingenuity when it comes to Arsenal, especially when it comes to our tactical outlook and our playing philosophy. We're seeming very samey, where we're trying to do things that we don't have the personnel to carry through. You want to play from the back with a goalkeeper who's not comfortable playing from the back and having to learn that at age 28. You want to play with a pressing midfield, but you don't have very mobile central midfielders. You want to play with a front three, you never trust in your best front three. And positioning-wise in that front three, you still haven't worked it out yet, so you don't have goals coming in. We've scored nine goals in eight games this season. Our worst start goal-scoring-wise to a season in 21 years. The Amandam who support Arsenal avidly, who weren't born the last time we had this bad of a run when it comes to scoring goals at the start of a season. It shocked me that we haven't scored a goal in open play. Rather, it didn't shock me. It's a reality because when you watch the game, you see it. We haven't scored a goal in open play or looked like scoring a goal in open play since the Sheffield win. Four EPL games later, we've lost three of those games. 1-1 against Man United via penalty. That's not it. Because the personnel mistakes are down to things we as a fan base have already seen and identified as being issues. 
we've highlighted that some of these players are not levels and they've shown us that they're not levels. Under Miguel, they caught the new manager bounce and they reacted. Maybe just trying to save their jobs at very least, right? Now that's starting to wear off. The honeymoon phase is over. Now Miguel can't be making the same personal mistakes that previous managers were making. Okay, no Jacques in this game. You play a Nelly and Nelly gives you the old El Nelly and not the new El Nelly. You play Gabriel, you play Rod, uh, Rob Holdinho, he gives you old Holdinho. Burnt Leno is showing you who he is. Not really a good goalkeeper. Not bad, but not great either. And not very good either, so it's, I don't know. Hector Bellerin is not reaching the levels he was at before the injury, and it's tough to see. Saka's not a fullback. Uber's not a winger. Pepe's better than William. Laka's not our number one striker. Ketty is not an option coming off the bench to try change a game. Sabayos is not the level that we actually need. There are personnel mistakes within the squad. We realize, okay, this is the squad he has to work with, and he's done very well with what he has at his disposal. We can't take that away from Mikel yet. You start to realize that we as fans, we will be expectant because we know the potential within the squad. So if we're seeing that there are guys who are young guys or younger guys who have the potential to be better than some of our first team guys already right now, why doesn't Ainsley get a run out of right back? Why don't we go back to a back four so that Tierney can actually play his natural position? Why is Willock not starting games, especially if we move to a three-man midfield? He's ideal for that. Next to Partey. He's ideal for that. He's built for that, where Partey can hold Willock go box-to-box, play a Smith role as a 10. Play Pepe as a 10, Saka on one wing, Gabby Martinelli or Reese Nelson on another wing, Uber down the middle. It's a more exciting squad. It's a squad with more potential as well. It's got a higher ceiling, bro. And right now, we've, this is a very low ceiling. And our flaws are even lower. So, something has to give with it. Because when we look back to all of this that we just discussed, the tactical outlook, playing philosophy, the personnel mistakes, that all comes down to Mikel Arteta. The buck stops there. The buck has to stop with you as the gaffer, bro. You the head homie in charge. You got to handle, because you haven't handled the soccer situation well enough, I feel. Where the kid has world-class potential, and we're not seeing world-class output, or even world-class growth this season, because of the fact that he's playing out of position and not even secure or assured of his place. With the conversation you've had with soccer, you my left wing back for the season. He's not comfortable there. Defensively, starting to make mistakes. Going forward, it's... It's tough for him because that's not his best position. Even going forward, if he said attacking position, he's not a left winger, bro. He's better out on the right inside channel or in the center of midfield where he can drive forward and have more options than just cutting down the byline and crossing a ball in. He's far better than that. He's not Gareth Bale where he must play left wing back for four seasons just to learn how the more advanced positions in the game go. No, he was developed as an attacking player. He played defensively for us because we had injuries and we didn't have players who could play to those levels. He came in and he was better than our left wing backs last season. 
Now you have Tierney, whose natural position is left wing back, left back. Play him there. Promote Joao Lopez and move on from a sale collection. So in January, you go get yourself another young guy who can back up Tierney there. If you have to go get another left center back, do that then. But Tierney is not a left center back. He's a left wing back. He's a left wing for. He's a left. He's a left back rather. It's not working, and you and you killing soccer for me, bro. Where it's like we gave him that new contract so that he doesn't leave, basically. Because now it's like you've incentivized somebody to be with you, but you're not trying to be with them or trying to be with the best version of them. That's predatory, bro. I really don't like that. And as a, as a football fan and a big fan of Bukayo Saka as well, I'd have rather see him move on than to somewhere we can actually develop. Because then we don't deserve him. Not when we treat him like that, we don't deserve him. Because he's unhappy with us. He's trying so hard, that kid. And it's like, Miguel needs to work that out, bro. We really need to work that out, bro. The lacquer issue, the less said about that, the better. He's not an elite number nine, bro. Couldn't get into the French squad. When they need an action, they called up Olivia Giroud over them. Like, let that sink in, bro. You can tell me about playing style all you want. You will pick the best player for your national team. And you will make the players decide your structure. Not you decide your structure, then call up the players. If they're saying up front, those are the, they have better options than that, then we should have better options than that. And in reality, we do. Because Uber down the middle is a better option than Lacazette right now. Fuller and Bolugan down the middle is a better option than Lacazette right now. Martinelli down the middle is a better option than Lacazette right now. For goodness sake, an Indian kid here with a season out on loan is better than what Lacazette is giving us right now. In-house, we have better solutions. This can't be our reality. Something has to give with it, bro. Something honestly has to give with the Uber situation. Like, he has to play down the middle for the sake of his career, for the sake of us as a football club, for the sake of continuity, bro, going forward. Because if he plays out left... He only has another season at most like this. And then we have to replace him. Because Martinelli's already a better option down there. Reese has already proven to be a good option if he can stay fit down there. So, what now? Mikel needs to take hold of these situations, bro. Joe Willock. Probably one of our best young players because of the effectiveness he brings he's different to what we have everybody says that right yet we don't see it and we're still playing the same and it's two samesies in midfield everybody wants to pass it sideways then once in a while we'll play forward no one wants to grab the game by the scruff of his neck and scroll forward now when Pepe's playing and he does that it's like no no he's losing the ball too much when Saka's playing and he does that he's losing the ball too much play guys who bring that to the team play Willock with them Monday forces the defense to move their chains a bit it gives space to guys like Pepe. It gives space to guys like Saka. It will give Uber space down the middle. Martinelli or Reese down the right, they'll get space. They'll utilize that space to create better chances for us. Because right now we're not creating enough chances, bro. As a result of us mismanaging our resources, we are not creating more. Because the performance against Villa was all about accountability. It was about one person in that dressing room putting their hand up and saying, nah, okay? conceded an early goal, disallowed. 
conceded another goal that's still an early goal around the 25th minute. Okay. We're not losing this game, guys. Whatever it takes, we're not losing this game. If it means we have to defend for the next 45 minutes and just keep it clean, and then we'll go at it in the last 10, 15, 20, cool. That's it. We're not losing this game at home. There's no drive about that team when you look at it. It's spontaneous. It comes when it feels like coming, you know? It's not real. Because that was a disappointing performance all around. Start to finish, to a man, played beneath their actual ability level. And that's sad to see as a fan base because we put too much into the squad, bro. That game was on pay-per-view in some countries, bro. In most countries where you have to see the game, it's not free-to-air television because we're paying for these. And y'all don't deserve that. Because what do you use our resources to do? What do you use our investment to do in this club? When we need you to go get players, you dilly-dally. Party should have come in at the start of the transfer window because you knew how much it was going to cost. It took him so long to bet in that Mikel was taking so long to trust and that we should have shifted from this 3-4-3 long ago. Coming to the season, we should have had a knowledge of what our 4-2-3-1 would be. Because in a sense, Uzumed had a chance in the squad. Because now we lack creativity and he is whose name we shall not be mentioned on the show. But now he has to be mentioned, bro. He has to be mentioned now. We've gone, what, 11 episodes now. We hadn't mentioned our number 10. Because our squad doesn't have a number 10. Now we got to mention it. This is not it, bro. This is not it. Played against a Villa team that had two natural attacking midfielders and they tore us to shreds. Grealish and Barkley bossed us in midfield. Nah, 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 nah. Them mind them, no disrespect, they'll struggle to get into Europa, bro. They bossed us. Because what's the point of even thinking of a player ratings for a game like this, guys? What do you rate? Who's there to rate? How can I rate you, man? You, man, don't play like you even rate yourself. Hmm? Accountability, cousin. So just key talking points before we get into the player ratings was just the goal situations for me. Because even the offside goal, for me, that was telling. Because when you watch it, especially in hindsight, in the moment, you felt like, hey, it's a bad omen conceding a goal in the second minute. Yes, it's disallowed, but nah, man. They're coming at us too much on this right side and we have no answer for them. That disallowed goal has Hector and Holding exposed defensively. That if in the first two minutes of a game you are scared to tackle an opposition player, it's over for you. For us as young players, one of the first things they would teach you in defense would be like, hey, cuz, okay, if you're playing in this position and you're coming up against an opposition wing or an opposition striker, you got to let them know you're here. Your first two tackles of the game, those are free, bro. <laughs> Go in. Leave a mark. <laughs> let them know. Like, Prisons, blood. Like, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a long game. Don't worry about it. You probably ain't going to try that again, though. You're letting a man run onto you. You taught that if a man's cutting inside from 
the left channel on his right foot, you force him back onto his left, so you force him to the byline, then put in the tackle and win the ball. What the very least is throw in, but he's not going to do that again. And now he knows, just go down the byline, try bringing a cross, because this one's not having it here. Y'all jockey him inside. Let him play the pass. Let him play the ball across. What is that, cousin? No, 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 no. What is that? When McGinn finishes, you see Leno and you're like, hey, you had no chance there. And even your position, you were going to have no chance there. It's going to be a long game for us. Then gradually, you start trying to build yourself back into the game after that early little shock disallow goal. Cool. But then you let Villa get back on the ball. And the worst thing is you're letting them get back on the ball on the side that they've identified as our weaker side defensively. And they're attacking it. Hector Bellerin, shout out to you for getting back in the Spain squad, bro. But I think maybe you're a bit higher for that right now. You too, gas, cuz. Because what was that? Between holding Hector and Willian on the right side, Grealish and Barkley had fun there. Where Grealish just stands on the ball for a little while, dances around, then one two with with Ross unleashes target for a cross and boom. Saka does what he can. He's not a he's not a defender. He's not a fullback. Trezeguet looks like he's about to get ahead of the ball. I thought Trezeguet scored. They say Saka on goal, but I'm like, it don't matter because it's shit defending either way. You know what I'm saying? There's no way to justify it. It's crap defending either way. One nil down. Again, after the scare, now Mandem want to try play it. Mandem want to try play it. Get a chance before halftime. You're thinking all we need is one chance, equalize, and then they will have to go back and defend in the second half, trying to secure their point. Then we'll get our second goal, maybe even our third. You know, not a convincing win, but a win nonetheless, right? Like I blood clad said, like I blood clad said. Fluffs the chance yet again. Key chances. And you're sitting there thinking, that's it for us, bro. Because part of going off at halftime was more of a dent than anything. Especially an injury-induced change. Where it's not a tactical switch. <laughs> if it was a tactical switch, you probably want to bring off Holdinho right there or something, you know. But now you're scared because you can't go with two lefts in and two left for the center backs or whatever the case. It's just fucked. So... <laughs> You pick up with that change. Pepe, I think, when he came on, give us a sense of impetus. And, okay, you have a chance. It's still 1-0 anyway. When you are 1-0 down and you're caught ball watching a center midfield where El Nene is basically marking parties, man, and you've been dragged right side where you should be left side center midfield, allowing Douglas Luiz to have all the space in the world to ping a cross-field ball where Shout out to Ross Barkley, a player I rate very highly. That one-touch volley crossed into the box was a thing of beauty. Because Ali Watkins just had to meet it with his head, and there you go. Tierney can't defend that because he's not a he's not a center back. He's in a center back channel. If he was a fullback being sucked in by a deeper ball from a winger coming in. He's probably better equipped to deal with a winger's movement than a striker's movement there. Gabriel, who knows he should be dealing with that ball, literally looks across him and looks at Tierney and thinks, shit, I should have been in that position dealing with the center forward, not you. He peeled onto you, but I couldn't tell you to move from that position because we're playing with three center backs plus our defensive midfielders coming into this box. It's kind of congested, cousin. 
and we plug in, we're trying to put as many defenders out there to stop us from leaking goals, but we're conceding goals and not scoring enough game. We're not and we're conceding goals and not scoring enough goals, so it's costing us games. Well, at the very least with a 4-2-3-1, you can take us drawing two of the games we lost if it means drawing one of the games we won as well. Then in the middle there you can see more room for improvement than losing four and winning four. And losing convincingly while not winning too convincingly. That's very worrying, bro. Because to concede 72nd minute where you had a chance still in the game, then throw everything at it right after. Get a corner that is a pretty poor corner because there was a difference in the goalkeepers for me. Amy knew the situation saying, if Arsenal don't deliver a quality ball here, they're going to be caught once because they've overcommitted men forward. He comes out so confidently and does the, one of the things we've credited, two of the things we've credited him so highly for as Arsenal fans. His aerial command of his box and his distribution. Two things Arsenal sorely lack right now in goals. Because when he won that ball, he had the president of mind to roll it out and say, Grealish, go. When Grealish starts to sprint from basically halfway into his own box, or halfway out of his own box, and goes on a run where Hector Bellerin is in a foot race now with Grealish. And four years ago, if you said Hector Bellerin versus Jack Grealish on the field in the deciding moment of a game, who wins this foot race? You would have put your monies on Hector. Grealish literally outsprinted Hector. By the time Hector's finally able to catch up to him, he tries to shoulder charge him to no avail. Holding has his hands out trying to jockey a position where he's already out of position. So challenge the man so that Hector doesn't have to commit the foul. Rather, Hector continues beyond you so it doesn't look like a worse foul. At worst, it's just a foul and not a yellow if you bring the man down, right? Oh no, not Rob Holdinho, bro. I'm going to let you play the ball past me. Into a channel where you are now one-on-one with a goalkeeper who's come off his line with no plan. 3-0. Great finish there from Ali Watkins, but you're sitting there thinking, there's nothing we can do from here. And that feeling of exasperation, bro, that feeling of hopelessness, I wish that on no man. Because now... You have to sit back and look at that performance and say, 3-0 loss at home to Aston Villa. Who, aside from beating Liverpool 7-2, haven't had the easiest run of it this season. They've got some good results, some very bad results too. They beat Leicester, but they lost to Leeds. They lost to Southampton. Or rather, they lost to Leicester, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever the fuck, that's not my team, bro. My team is struggling. That's the problem. Because now, how do we rate Mandem? How do we rate Monday when we say Leno and goal? We sold the better goalkeeper, dog. I don't want to harp on this because we can't cry over spilled milk, dog. But we sold the better goalkeeper. So this one's also going to have to go. Let's get a younger goalkeeper who at the very least can play with his fetuses. Aerially can challenge for the ball. Commanding goalkeeper who can also address this defense. Because once we can actually trust our distribution and our set-piece play defensively, we can actually build a solid back line. So Leno gets a 2 because he's a 2. His performance was a 0. But I don't think that's worthwhile because we'll be giving him a 0 every week. So his new rating is just a 2. That's what it's going to be. 
I can't say nothing else about that. Rob Holding, bro. I feel for the young man. Because even when he was signed from Bolton, it was like, yo, Venga, what are you doing, dog? This kid's going to be out of his depth. No one knows of this kid, dog. They were actually, like, at the time I was looking, I'm like, Jamal Lasalas is a better is a better center back. John Stones is a better center back. Go for them Monday and spend some money. But, hey, penny pinching United, right? Rob Holdinho is not levels, bro. And I feel for him because it's not like he can't play football. He just can't play football at the highest level. And he's given us solid games in there. And he's tried very hard, bro. And he's maximized his two. But now it's not it's not working. I'm a big fan of people. Like, if you're a two, you're a two, bro. Maximize your two. If you're an eight, we're going to put pressure on you to maximize your eight. If you're a ten, of course, bro. We're going to put pressure on you to maximize your ten, bro. And when you fall short, we'll give you, you know what I'm saying, the leeway to be who you are. For Rob Holding, bro, that was a one performance because we know at the very least he can give you a six when... He has that effort. Maybe match fitness wasn't there. Confidence in his own game. I don't know how the confidence is not there having played against Man United. I don't know how the match fitness is not there having played a full game against Man United and rested in midweek. So I have to put that down to the player. Like, you showed us who you are. We got to believe you. I can't take that Saliba is not ready, but holding is ready to give me those type of performances. If that was Saliba, I can take it. We can grow from that two, three seasons from now. I've seen these performances from holding. I don't want to see them again. Insanity is repeating the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Holding will never be a Premier League centre-back for Arsenal. He can be a Premier League centre-back for West Brom one day, or for Bolton, or for Blackburn, not for Arsenal. That's all one. Gabriel, I feel for because Mandem had a chance to go to other teams where he could have actually played with better quality players now and developed even quicker. We've seen just how quickly he's developed under the tutelage of Arteta and in this Arsenal setup yet. Now they're starting to bring him down to their level where he was carrying Mandem up to his level. That three is no, it's no slight to the man. I feel he was one of our better players, but there was only so much he can do. I feel for him because a back four would be better than this three, especially with Tierney next to him in the three, because Tierney's not a natural center back. So Gabriel's having to overcompensate a lot on the left side and on the right side. Now in midfield, there's also holes. It's just too much. It's too much, bro. I feel for Gabby, bro. Because I wish he played in... In, in, in teams where we had a Saul Campbell or Colo Ture or Tony Adams or Martin Keown next to him. And Nigel Bunterburn or Ashley Cole on the other side. A Larambi Sanatame on one side, bro. Even a Bakari Sanya, like just better players. Because these Mandem are not levels and they're not trying to reach a level that could one day be levels. Kieran Tierney, I feel for as well because. Tesco Tierney is a quality fullback. In my book, a top five world fullback right now. Hasn't played his natural position. And it's starting to affect him where we said he was looking gassed, right? Then he comes in games in midweek where he's coming in as a substitute, even for five minutes. We're like, why did you take him with? Give him a break. He's one of our undroppables, one of the few undroppables. If he's not starting a game, let him totally decompress. 
Let him totally unplug from this shit. This shit is heavy right now. You can see that performance was as a result of being in a very toxic environment too, too constantly. He needs to be moved back to his natural position. Also, you're going to start to devalue a very great commodity for the squad where worse comes to worst and we have to rebuild again. At least we have guys we can resell, bro. Because now you saw in this last rebuild, couldn't resell none of the man we had from the previous squad. None of the man. We were lucky to get money from guys like Amy Martinez because why? People hadn't seen them that much. So they, they're not tainted with that former legacy. They're like, oh, you're the guys who weren't getting a chance. You'll get money for them. Not for man like holding and um, freaking hell. Len, oh, fuck. So it's a one for Tesco Tierney, bro. Hector Bellerin, another one where I felt the PSG interest we should have capitalized on. In that moment, we were talking about raising money for a war. I said, dog, I will take that. I will take selling Bellerin because Ainsley's a ready replacement for him and it's a more natural position for Ainsley. And you still have Suarez for one season. If Ainsley's not comfortable, you can go buy a right back. But right back is not a position where we short for Mandem there. We short for Mandem in midfield. Hector's performances has proven us right. Where he would be better off in a new environment, a new situation where he can reacclimatize. Because Bellerin, dog, amazing human being. Brilliant individual, bro. Great heart. Cares for community. Cares for culture, cares for clothing. I wish he cared as much for developing his game. You haven't developed from the Hector that was 21 years old and you've lost some of that pace so you can't even overcompensate for your lack of positioning and defensive awareness, bro. It's costing us. It's costing us, Kenny, big time, bro. That was a one from Hector. We haven't seen a one from Hector in a while. Well, there, was a, there was a season where Hector struggled for a bit and we gave him leeway, never really got on him too heavy. Last season, he started to pick it up. Started this season, he was looking like the old Hector, got back into the Spanish squad. And I don't know what happened against Aston Villa, bro. Where I'm expecting you to be one of our senior players, one of our stand-up guys, and there was none of that. You were like a deer caught in headlights the way they kept running at you and you could do nothing about it. Like there was a trauma there that this mandem, he's been burned too many times in this position for this club and this league that he might not be able to do this no more. Real talk. Real talk. Bukaya Saka at left wing back. Mikael is killing us. Bukayo is not a defender and what he's supposed to give us going forward is stunted when Uber is stuck on the wing and the overlap is not working the way it could work on the right side when Pepe is playing. Or even when William plays, if he plays, actually plays game. Fuck. So Saka, left wing back, it's not working for the kid and he's trying so hard. Last season he was brilliant because he was just trying to get regular game time. Then he breaks out. He can't get a look in his more natural position, so you put him back on the left side. And now you can't drop him, per se, because when you have dropped him this season, I felt it was like, what are we doing then? Ainsley is good for us on the left side, yet he's also dropped his head a bit because he's not getting regular game and he's competing with a fellow international recent cap in the same position at squad level. 
At national team, they were swapping out in the same position. Miguel hasn't handled this properly, and it's affecting the kid. Kasaka's getting a three in the game where he actually did well, and you felt if he started in a more attacking position, he could have actually helped the squad a lot more than he did. That hurts me. It hurts me, bro. Thomas Partey in centre midfield, another one where in that 45 minutes where he was on the field, you saw everything he could potentially bring to Arsenal, especially if we cater the squad to him in a 4-2-3-1, have more attacking players on the field. In the second half where he's not there, you see exactly what it means to the squad where there is no Partey. Is that it's a party time for the opposition midfielders, bro. That second goal where they run at El Nene, he's basically trying to guard Partey's position and mark his own position. Gets caught out. Douglas Luiz has all that space in the world, pings that ball to Ross Barkley, and that's all she wrote, bro. By the time the third comes, it's game over. We had nothing in there. So Partey gets a three because he tried. He tried, bro. In that 45 minutes, we saw what we potentially could have. And we should be grateful that there's something to look forward to as Arsenal fans. Because otherwise, our outlook is rather bleak, bro. And then he was, for me, a reminder of why squad players shouldn't play first team minutes. Squad players should play rotation minutes. If there's an injury, two, three games, then... Either have to change the formation or change the structure. But you can't start two, three games in a row. Because now Nene was looking like an undroppable before this game. Now in our minds we're questioning, why don't we play Willock with Partey more? doesn't matter what's going on. And Nene gets a two. No disrespect to him, but he's a two that maximizes his two. So in the other weeks he was playing in a squad player role, but playing regular minutes and maximizing his two. We saw what happened against Vienna. He comes on for five minutes and pa, assist. Yeah, impact, energy guy. Sometimes you need that energy at the start of a game like Man United because it's a big game, yes. Against Villa, give me performance, guys. I don't care how you get it. I don't care if Pepe is going to suck. I don't care if Williams gonna look, Willock is going to look uninterested for a little bit, although he's running all over the place. Give me those guys. Because William is minus one. He played at nine men. There's two guys who are on that field who weren't there and who shouldn't be there ever again. Should not wear that jersey for Arsenal. Holding, I won't be disrespectful and add him to that list because he's given us perfect, like performances in the past. Laka too, but nah. William as well, you've made your name in Chelsea, but nah. That was a zero performance because you gave us nothing. Next. Give us nothing. And now we're questioning why you even start that game. You see, he's supposed to give us worth. Pepe can stand on the touchline. What's this, man? The less said about that, the better, man. Ubeme Young down the left, I was thinking to myself, here's another game where you have a prime opportunity to play Uber down the middle and it's not as big of a pressure situation as it appears to be. So if he doesn't do well and you have to move him to the left in a game, we've seen it. And he's also seen what he needs to go work on and training or whatever the case may be. 
he's isolated out on the left, bro. Not getting those chances that you bank on him to get and convert. So now where we standing? That's a one from Uber, bro. And that's our talisman. My striker who doesn't play striker. Fucking oxymoron, bro. It's not it. Mikel needs to do something, bro. Because Laka down the middle has not worked, will not work for us going forward. We've evolved too much of a team to be in that position. It was even said that we bought a striker in, in Lacazette for record-breaking money. Then we go buy another striker in Ubermeyangwe. We should have probably moved on then. They even forged a great tandem because like, oh, Uber can play down the left. At that time, Laka's still scoring goals. So we're like, oh, okay, let's keep the goals going. Sign Pepe. Oh, we have a front three. Since then, we've never seen this front three click. Ever. There's times when they were clicking, but one piece would always have to be out for it to work. <sighs> Pardon me. Zero for Lacazette, if you were even wondering. Because he gives us zero as a striker. And it's time to move on from Laka. You can still get... 20 million, 25 million. Move on. We can't act like we don't have better options down the middle, bro. Within our squad, like we said, Uber can play down the middle and do very well, better than what Laka's doing. Martinelli, I feel, can do better than what Laka's doing. Fularin Balogun can do better than what Laka's doing. Eddie, with a season out on loan, this season, send him out on loan. In January, say, hey, dog, go get six months of regular football. We revisit this in the offseason. He will be a better striker for you than Lacazette has been this season. Where for every goal you scored, you have missed two key chances in big games. You should be on 12 goals right now, geez. We must celebrate your little three. Nah, cousin. Nah, cousin. Because Ceballos came on, tried to affect the game. It hurts because... I can't get behind it no more knowing even if he plays well, he won't stay at Arsenal. So I feel it should, he should be the bench player. He should be treated the way we're treating Willock, bro. Where we play you in impact games and you have to perform because you want to perform for your Spain squad selection. Willock must be starting more games. Go get me a Noah. Emil Smith-Rowe must be starting more games. Saka must be playing as a centre mid. Sort out your issues with Gunduzi. Because Mikel needs to get his shit as well. Like, you've thrown your toys out the cart as well as a coach. And we gave you that room. Because, okay, as a coach, you're allowed to assemble the squad you want. But when your personal decisions, as a result of personal decisions, have affected the overall professionalism of the squad, you're going to have to be accountable, geez. Because you say Gwenduzi was about attitude, didn't react well. He's had his time out on loan. If you can bring him back in January, you're better suited to do that. And then he's not levels. If he's a squad player, then at worst, he makes the bench for Europa League games. I want to see more progressive players now. Younger players we can build with for the next three, four years. That's what it's going to be, bro. Because Pepe coming off the bench and actually being an impact player for us in a game where he should have started. There's no continuity in that, bro. Because you can't tell me you're developing the player when, when he looks at the squad now. When he starts, he knows you don't have better options than me in this position now. And you force to play because the fans are on your ass too. You've played yourself into a losing position as a coach, Miguel. 
Panthers, you need Pepe to start games. He's a match winner. We don't have many of them Mandem out there. We don't have Mandem who can take the game on by the scruff of the neck and turn it around for us. And to get more of those on the field, we have to change our tactical outlook. Change the personnel on there. Because now where to from here, bro? Miguel said it would have been nice to have an international break or rather game tomorrow. And I'm like, bro, even if you had a game tomorrow, who would you pick that would get you a result, cousin? I don't think you know your squad fully. You could use this two-week break to literally assess on a blank canvas. Like, yo, who do we have that we want here and has shown a desire to be here and the ability to excel here? Let's build around them and them there. Because no cap, even Leno on a ratio of performances and because you don't have a number two, he knows he's an undroppable. You've played him in Europa League games where he's been shy and come back and played in the Premier League games. You now have to pick out some of these games and say, hey, we're giving the young goalkeepers a chance. Runison, you'll get a game. Matt Macy, you'll get a game. Hain, uh, you'll get a game. Okonko, you'll get a game. So that by the time we come up against Spurs, that's Leno's test of game. He's going to get one game before Spurs, and then he gets Spurs. From there, we assess. And position-wise, you go like that, bro. Where you have some guys who are going to be undroppable. Gabriel will start. Partey will start when fit. Uber will start down the middle when fit. Saka will start in center midfield. Pepe will start on the right wing. You'll have continuity. Willock will start next to Partey. You'll have a spine. You can start Willock, Partey, and Saka in a three-man midfield. Pepe on one wing. Nelson or Martinelli on another wing. Uber down the middle. Tierney left back. Ainsley right back. Gabriel center back. Luis center back. Let's go. Where you make changes. Luis has a bad game. You swap out holding. When it's a game that's a, a cup game that Saliba is eligible for, he plays. If Ainsley has a bad game, Hector comes in. Tierney's got, you make the change. Kolasnia come in. Joao Lopez, come in. Saka has a bad game, you make the change in midfield. Emil Smith-Rowe, come in. Willock, bad game. El Nene, come in. Continuity now. Down the middle, yo, Laka, bad game. Oh, no, we're not moving you. I mean, Oba, rather, because Laka shouldn't play game. <laughs> so, Oba, bad game. Oh, we're not just shutting you down the left to try to get you in the game. Nah, man. The guy on the left, Reese is doing well. Martinelli, come down the middle. Continuity and accountability, bro. Because right now we, we are a player-driven squad. We're reliant on, oh, we have to get the best out of this player in this position per se because he's... Nah, nah, Uber is better down the middle. He likes it down the left because he doesn't have to do as much. He gets he used to get easier chances there. No, now you're going to get easier chances down there. Go down the middle. Saka may prefer to play on the wing. Nah, nah, nah. You're better down the middle in the center position where you can drive forward. And then defensively, you're still away enough to give me that pressing in the legs because he can cover space. And he can cover that left full back, left wing back, left center back channel all the way up and down while still playing centrally as a creative midfielder. Because someone's got to give with a family. Our next six games are no mug. No walkovers, bro. Where right now, our Thursday and Sunday squad selection must switch. These men who was playing Premier League game, Abu Lacazette, Abu Holding, 
Leno, Bellarine, El Nenny, William. You play Europa League, cousin. Leipzig's play that side. Our academy kids play that side. Pepe starts in the Premier League now. All the man, them. Willock, Premier League. Premier League things, boy. Ainsley, Premier League. Emil Smith-Rowe, Premier League. Reese Nelson, Premier League. Follerin Balugan, Premier League. Eddie, Europa League. So that we can look at this next six games and say, okay, if we go with a younger squad against Leeds, whatever the result is, we can be more optimistic about what we're doing when we go against Mulder playing the so-called first team guys and saying, here's your chance. Those who impress and those who didn't do well, you can swap out for the Wolves game. Knowing against VN, you go again with, hey, you my French players now. Prove yourselves. The kids are going to get a start. So you know when you go against Spurs December 5th, you're sitting there saying, okay, this is what looks like my first team squad going forward. If they struggle, I now know how to go through December saying by January, this is where we need to strengthen, this is who we can sell, and this is where we can make changes. Because you have Mandem in that squad where selling a Bellerine, selling a Xhaka, selling a Holding, selling a Lacazette, you can bring back 60, 70 million. Husema was done there. Then promoting kids around those positions actually gives us more flexibility going into the summer. So, it's down to the squad now. Even free up space where following Bulligan can see his way into the squad where Eddie's out on loan and it's just him and Lack and Uber Mayang and then maybe the striker you're bringing in as a backup in that position. Okay, I can outplay this Mandem or prove myself to be better than this Mandem to get more game. Midfield, if Hussein Mawal comes in, then you sit there as Joe Willick in the cycle. Like, okay, now me and you are competing because he's going to start. Partey's going to start. If you say leave and you look around, you're like, okay... Socrates is gone, Holding is gone, Mavraponis is gone, Mustafi is gone. It's me and Louise. Okay, Gabriel's got a backup in Marie. You bring in two young center backs, you soft. TNE gets a backup, Bellerino's gone, Ainsley starts with a young backup. Let's go younger, bro. Let's build for the future. Let's put more accountability on these mandem to build the squad with an identity. Because now they can literally just point to other guys in the starting lineup and say, well, he's not quality and y'all signed him and y'all still paying him. Y'all aren't moving on from him. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to save y'all with this going on here? And you can understand that, bro. So played eight, won four, lost four. In eight games, we scored nine goals. <laughs> Conceded ten. With a minus one goal difference, bro. Something we've become too familiar with that I don't like. I really don't like it, bro. Because at least, like we said, two of them wins. Or rather, two of them losses should have been converted into draws. Even if it meant one of those wins had to be converted into a draw as well. So that we can at least see, okay, here's where we need to improve. Now, even if we say defensively, we still need to improve. Offensively, we haven't improved. If we were the same defense from last season, now we'd actually be closer to the relegation zone than we currently are. So being middle of the table after eight games, that's kind of where we are right now. That's kind of where we were last season. But we've made improvements, which means we're carrying over some of those fragilities from last season into the season. And it's because we haven't completely rooted out the squad, bro. 
there's some there's some growing weeds in the squad that we need to root out, bro, and, and create space for us to grow some some better foliage here. These old habits are going to die hard and they will kill us as a squad if we don't do what we need to do, bro. So real talk, it starts with Miguel saying to the board, I'll make the changes on the field that will showcase the changes we need to make in the transfer window. I will start to exit and man them and say, no, you know what? You're not playing no more. You bench squad, dog. You Europa League squad for now. So that they have three games basically to prove their careers at Arsenal. Then you tell the young players, you're going to have seven games to cement yours. So that in January, if I know you're not good enough, I can now freely say, hey, I've seen Emile Smith-Rowe available for eight games in the Premier League and only played three because of injuries. It's not going to work for him. We saw what happened with Jack. Cool, we can take that. Hey, we've seen Reese Nelson and he can give us three good games out of eight and then the other games are completely shy. No, we can't deal with that. Maybe let's see another long. Hey, Eddie, we've seen you for four or five games and we saw Falerun Bolligan for four or five games. I think Balogun's better than you right now and he's a bit younger by two years. We can deal with selling you and promoting him in your position. Yo, Nicola Pepe, we've seen what you could potentially be, yet you're not consistent enough yet for us. So we're going to go get somebody who can start in that position, even if it's just for a season, and then you will be a backup for a season until you learn your role. Accountability, bro. Because now it almost seems like even the communication that Miguel prides himself on as the player's coach is not really happening, bro. These mandem don't know what's going on no more. And they're not happy with the situation. Tierney does not look happy with playing as a centre-back. Gabriel is not happy not knowing who his central defensive partners are. Leno's not happy that he's making all these mistakes and it's coming down to him where he should be better protected. Pellerino's wide open that side. Saka's out of position that other side. Party has a partner-ish in El Neni Mara. It's one of those. It's that plus one for certain parties. I can't bring you to every party, bro. You turn up a bit too much. Sometimes you don't even turn up at all. You know how that goes with them friends, right? William is not non-start. Uber has to be down the middle because Lacazette doesn't offer us none. Get Willock more games. Get Ainsley more games, bro. Get Balugan more games, bro. Get Saka in that attacking side of the team. We should be one of our attacking five players in a central position, not on the wing. It's just a fail-safe mechanism, outlet ball. Because there's only one thing you can do. Go down the line and hoy it in. And now he does that for two, three games and he gets moved to the right wing for a game. Now I must remember how to cut in and take shots now from this position. You're killing our talent, Miguel, bro. You're killing your own career because we said that, bro. Don't let these mandem cost you your reputation. Some of these mandem, they know their level. They know they're playing above their level. That's why they're happy to pick up a salary here. Don't allow for that to be for you because if you fail in this, Lord forbid, bro, you back as assistant. And these mandem are still professional football players for another three, four seasons, earning good money in this year. In this year era, they're good. doesn't matter where they play. Niggas like, I'll move to Beijing. It's soft. So it's like, we're going to have to get it right because I'm hot full of not being excited about my team for longer than two games on end, bro. Y'all get me excited, then disappoint me all the time. Like, ah. Enough of that, bro. Enough of that dead ass, bro. Because we were 
expecting coming into this game, fuck on. Even that, I didn't even do guess the lineup because I was like, dog, what does it even matter, bro? Like, like what does it even matter what, what squad I thought was going to be picked? Because Miguel picked his own shits and they did whatever they told him to do. You know what I'm saying? Because in most positions, no cap, we guess the same lineup except for William starting over Pepe. I think we got it right down to formation. So it's probably our highest scoring week. But it doesn't matter if we don't win the game. There's the score of the game and the game of life, like Uncle Jalen Rose always says, right? Well, the score of the game was 3-0. In the game of life, we're losing by 10 right now. We're losing by 10 at halftime with a squad that's good enough to come back and score 20 goals in the second half. It sounds crazy. It's a reality. The question is, do they have the aptitude and the desire and the fight the talent is there, and we're praying we add more talent to the squad. But as things stand, bro, it's going to be a tough season. It's going to be a tough season for us, man, and we just have to buckle down and go. And we see how it goes, man. So this has been when Habri was home. We apologize for the tone and just how down we is, man. These boys got us all funky right now, but it's cool, man. We bounced back two-week international break. I guess we all needed that decompress, enjoy the international fixtures, all the best to your national teams who are playing. And, yeah, we'll drop some evergreen content in this time and decompress from all of this. It's maybe even better to throw back and reminisce some better times when Highbury was home, right? So you know how that goes. We ain't going to give them no clap out for this one. It ain't no come on, you gooners, for nothing. It's come the fuck on, you gooners, bro. Do something. So when Highbury was home... A loud boot podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Please like and subscribe. Rate and review us on all DSPs where you consume your digital media content. Let us know what the vibes is, man. Hang in there. Good times are coming, bro. I know it ain't easy. We push on. See?